Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank Him. Thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You may be seated. Brother Williams already told us this morning we're going to be talking about in our final lesson, Dan loses the blessing in our series, Where's Dan? We're going to begin our study this morning in Judges chapter 18. If you'll join me there, we'll read Judges 18, 30 through 31. If you were able to make it this past weekend to the campgrounds, what a time we had in the Lord. Great turnout. It really felt good to be back on the district campgrounds. Judges 18 and 30 through 31, the Bible says, And the children of Dan set up the graven image, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. And they set them up Micah's graven image, and he, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. And so this morning, I want to talk to us about the blessing that Dan lost in his pursuit of other things. Unlike Dan, we must allow God to map out our future. And we must, as people of God, trust him with our future. Dan set up that graven image that Micah had made. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes, but where we are in scripture really and truly is the tragedy of the path of least resistance. We'll begin this morning where Brother Williams sort of left off last weekend, and he talked about how the path of least resistance is sort of kind of what humanity really wants to take. For Dan here, we begin, and where we begin this morning is seemingly the beginning of the end for him. In summary, the city that had been established by the children of Dan was a preoccupied city, a city already established by another people. In the beginning verses of Judges 18, the children of Dan sent out scouts to look for them a place to establish their dwelling place. Five men from Zorah and from Eshtaol eventually came to a city by the name of Laish. The Bible says the inhabitants of Laish dwelt in the manner of the Zidonians, careless. They dwelt quiet and secure, and they had no ties to anyone. Some translations of Judges 18 and 7 and the terminology that it uses, dwelt careless, can also be uh, translated dwelling carefree. 
They lived in a sense of, of carefree or in a sense of carelessness in the fact that they lived without any responsibility or without any accountability to anyone. The children of Dan were searching for themselves an inheritance when a chance encounter gave them the confidence to take that city. In Judges 18 and 6, these men lodged with a man and his household priest in the mountains of Ephraim. They sought counsel of this priest in the house of Micah who had told them in turn that their way would be prosperous and that the Lord would go before them. And the very next thing that we know, the children of Dan, these five men are standing before Laish. Laish in Joshua 19 and 47, Brother Rayleigh mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, began with the name Leshem. It was located in Upper Naphtali, and it was about as far as Dan could find from their promised inheritance. And with ease, they took that city. Now, to understand the context of Judges 18, we need to back up just a little bit and revisit some earlier portions of Scripture. In Joshua 19, 40 through 48, God promised Dan an allotment of land that was surrounded by four other tribes, the tribe of Manasseh, Ephraim, Benjamin, and Judah. But despite the promise of God and the, the, the providence of God, the tribe of Dan, along with others, failed to capitalize on what God had given to them. Now, it was not because they couldn't. It was not because they didn't have the ability to do so. It wasn't because they lacked the resources or the manpower to do what God had called them to do. In fact, Scripture tells us that they had one of the largest and most capable fighting forces within the children of Israel. Earlier in Judges chapter 1, we see that it was possible for these enemies to be conquered because the descendants of Joseph was of Joseph was able to do so. They were able to triumph over them. And so what God had told them to do was not an impossible task. In fact, if I could just be so bold as to say this today, God is not in the business of handing his people impossible or improbable tasks. If God says you can have it, you can write it down, you can mark your calendar, you can have it. If God says you can do it, you can do it because he does not hand out impossible things. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but he doesn't, in, he doesn't hand out impossible things, but he doesn't also hand out easy things to do either. So for whatever reason, whether it was the lack of faith or maybe it was the lack of confidence and the provision and the providential hand protection of God, or, or even if it was a lazy attitude toward the promise, the descendants of Dan would carve out their future by their right now decisions. Let me say that again. Whether, what, whatever reason you want to add into the blank, the children of Dan would carve out their future by making right now decisions. And Dan chose to live on the edge. Something very important to draw our attention to this morning. Several, 
several references both before and after this chapter is this phrase, there was no king in Israel. Judges 17 and 6 and Judges 21 and 25 provide even more context to that statement and expound and say, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Judges 18 and 1, in those days there was no king in Israel, and in those days the tribe of the Danites sought them an inheritance to dwell in. For unto that day all their inheritance had not fallen unto them among the tribes of Israel. Dan's allotted territory consisted of a portion of land along the Mediterranean coast and extended inland. And unable to conquer the land that God gave them to conquer, that's a very important word. God gave them a land to conquer. Instead of doing that, they commissioned five men for a scouting party to seek out another thing, an easier siege. But even though the Lord gave them a commission to conquer, that is not what the Lord can commissioned and conditioned on this endeavor. And God certainly didn't say that what he had handed to them would, would be proven to be an easier task to obtain. In fact, God's promises typically are not obtained and God's, God's promises are not typically maintained without some degree of struggle. God does not call us to walk a path of least resistance. Paul referred in Ephesians 6 and 12 to the Christian walk as a wrestling match. In, in 2 Timothy 4 and, and 1 Corinthians 9, he called it a fight. He called it a fight of faith, but he called it a good fight. And he called it a fight that was worth fighting. He said that it is a fight that if you fight it and if you live in it with perseverance, it carries with it a crown of righteousness and an eternal reward. And so nothing obtained through the promises of God will not come without some effort on our part. Victory really isn't victory without a struggle. A win really isn't a win without a contest. Something handed to us without some, quote, skin in the game has the potential of creating lack of thankfulness and faithfulness to the cause. Without a buy-in, without an investment into what we have been given, it will, it will prove to produce a take-it-or-leave-it mentality. And so Dan seemingly, seemingly, had no thankfulness to what God had provided for them. And so it didn't take long for them to search out their own version of it. But here's the problem with all of that. Although Laish, now hear me now, although Laish may have been a nice piece of property, it was located in Upper Naphtali, about as far geographically as, as Dan could find from where God had told them to be. The city was separated by a mountain range. And the Naphtalites themselves had failed to remove the, the Zidonians from the town. And so now Dan is in direct defiance of what God instructed them to do through Joshua in Joshua chapter 18. And so perhaps the words of Joshua 19 and 47 can place all of this into perspective. Joshua 19 and 47. And the coast of the children of Dan, watch this, went out to little for them. The 
Therefore the children of Dan went up to fight against Leshem and took it and smote it with the edge of the sword and possessed it and dwelt therein and called Leshem Dan after the name of Dan their father. Now again, this may have been a great plot of land. It was no doubt laid out well. It was polished and it was sophisticated and it was good in appearance. It was a goodly territory. It was prosperous. The land no doubt was fruitful. It seemed secure, but it was not what God had intended for them. It may have been something good. It may have been pleasant to the eye. It may have looked good from a distance. It may have been good for some, but it was not what God had planned for them. And so if God calls us to a particular course of action, all other courses, no matter how innocent, no matter how seemingly innocent they may be, can I tell you this morning that if God has called you to something and you do the opposite, it is wrong. And so I'll paint with a very general brush and I'll make it easy for us to understand this morning because a lot of us cannot find ourselves in this particular scenario. But if God calls someone to the ministry, but they pursue their own plans and they pursue their own will, it doesn't matter what it is, it's wrong. And so now let's add all of us into this this morning. If God says no, and you say yes, or if God says yes, and you say no to anything in your life, it matters not how innocent it may be, it matters not what others may do, but because you have said the opposite of what God has told you, that becomes disobedience to you. James 4 and 17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So now Dan is headed in a contrary direction. He's headed in a contrary call. He's headed contrary to the command of God. And wouldn't you know it, right in the middle, Dan finds encouragement in what he's doing. It happens. It happens. Dan was encouraged in their evil endeavor. You see, just one chapter prior, the writer of Judges records the background of what is all about to play out. A man by the name of Micah, an idolater, with stolen silver from his own mother, crafts two graven images or idols. He then proceeds to hire his own priest, who later is revealed as a possible descendant of Moses himself, a Levite, by the name of Jonathan. But Jonathan is a wanderer as well, because where he is in life, Jonathan's life is directly contradicting Moses' law. And so he wanders himself into the house of a man named Micah, and because of his lineage becomes the household priest. Two graven images that this man has already constructed. This is not specifically named in Scripture, but it is very, very apparent that later those two graven images are, are suggested that they would be replicas of the Ark of the Covenant. Micah also instructed and constructed an ephod for himself and for his priests, a metallic priestly robe, and teraphim, objects that were used to divine the 
the will of God, sort of like dice. Now, now listen to me now. Those things existed in those days. Those things were used in those days. But those things, the true teraphim, the true things of God, were already constructed. They were already in place, and they were already in a place called Shiloh in a tabernacle. They were already there. And so the five spies of Dan, they were eager to hear what this man had to say because everything looked the part. Here we have a Levite with a prominent lineage, a, a priestly robe with priestly garments and all the accoutrements that go along with it. But Dan, you're not where you're supposed to be. Everything looks good. Everything looks the part. But Dan, you're not where God told you to be. This all looks legitimate. All of it replicates some things that you might be familiar with, some things from your childhood that you might have known at one time. But you are not where God told you to be, Dan. Dan, you're looking in the wrong places. You're searching out the wrong things for your fulfillment and for your direction, Dan. And so because of all of that, Dan was deceived into thinking that their actions were sanctioned by God because they failed to align what they were doing and what was being told to them to the word of God. Perhaps this is why Timothy was told by Paul, don't give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. Because hear me now, truth does not hinge on the man that is delivering the message. Now I knew it would be a little bit quiet right there, but let me say that again. Truth does not hinge on the preacher or the pedigree. Truth is truth all by itself. God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe, and I'm thankful for it. But God doesn't need me or anybody else to prop his truth up. His truth stands all by itself. And so when we place too much faith or too much emphasis on the person rather than the word, when we place too much emphasis on the person, their pedigree, or perhaps their accomplishments, we diminish the word of God in our own lives because we are, in effect, putting the trust in the person and not the word. There are scores of people. There are entire families and entire movements who are living in false doctrine here right now in this world today that have deviated from the truth because trust has been placed in tradition or some form of tradition because my grandfather and my granddaddy believed this and my grandmother believed this and his father and his mother and so on and so on. And so if I'm going to do anything for God, if I'm going to find myself right in the middle of the will of God, I am going to have to line everything up to this word. And so we must return to the source. We heard, and I would say this in his absence, but we heard a phenomenal message on Friday night, but it was more than that. It was divine instruction to stay with the source and to stay with the foundation that God has placed under us. We must return to the source and then we must line everything up that we hear to that source. 
There's great danger in associating ourselves with and entertaining ourselves with false doctrine. And so we have to be careful who and we have to be careful what we associate ourselves with. And we have to also be careful about what we give our ears to. We need to be careful who we take advice from. We need to be careful who we take counsel from. We don't need to shop around for our answers, so to speak. But we need to stick to the Word of God, and we need to stick with people who will stand for the Word of God. We need people in our lives that can look us square in the face and tell us, no, you're wrong. Get back on the right track. But we don't like that. Because this don't like that. Flesh always looks for the, weak, for the easy way out. Dan made a mistake that is common to all of us. They walk by sight rather than trusting and obeying God. Judges 18 and 9 said, For we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. They called it a place where there's no want of anything that is in the earth. Everything right at your fingertips. You don't have to hardly reach for it. Your shirt won't even come untucked. You, you got it right there. Seemingly a place with no struggle. Laish also began with an alternate name by the name of Leshem. Leshem means precious stone. It's a goodly stone. It looks pretty to the eye. It looks good. But just because it looks good does not mean that it is what God wants for you. The children of Dan and their assessment of the situation closely resembles another Old Testament example that not everything that looks good is necessarily right. God had already said no. God had already instructed. His word had already went forth. You can have everything you want. Just don't touch that. You can have everything in this garden you want, Eve. You can put your hand to everything in this garden you want, Adam. You can, you can experience it from sun up to dark, except for that. That wasn't wrong. In fact, it was the, it was the tree of life. But God had already said no. Genesis 3 and 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good, for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Eve, like Dan, was drawn away by the very three common things, issues in this world that we face here today. It's described in 1 John 2 and 16 as simply the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, in the pride of life. This proves without a shadow of a doubt that making monumental life decisions solely based on your physical senses is beyond dangerous for your physical, I mean for your spiritual existence. We can't allow outside influences and physical things that are happening in our life to shape us and mold us and, and help us to find the will of God. And so I've heard this Countless times. I've heard it many times. I've heard it from people all over, the, all over the place that I've talked to, whether they were in church or whether they were out of church. And I mean great respect to that. 
But I've heard people say many times when they're trying to justify something that they've done or some certain decision that they made, they say, it just happened. There was no struggle. It just it just occurred. It was, it was such an easy transition. Everything just fell right into place. And so it must be of God. Everything just worked out with no problem. I didn't have to work toward this. It just happened. Everything just clicked. It was like tumblers falling into place that would open a lock. It just all opened up unto me. And so it must be of God. Can I tell you this morning that these are not always an indication that what is really happening in your life is not the plan of God but can I also tell you just as equally true it doesn't automatically mean that it is and so that's why we need more than ever before there was never a time to play but it's certainly not a time to play and if we need more God than ever before we need him more now than we ever have because sin crouches at the door and things are deceiving things are coming against us in all kinds of ways and so we need the spirit of God to discern and to navigate and so I'll confidently paint with a broad brush here and I mean due respect to everyone in the building but what what is happening in your life if whatever it is it seems so good and it's going on so well in your life but can I tell you this morning if it's something that will take you away from church if it's something that will take you out of the body if it's something that will dilute your work of God and your focus on God can I tell you today emphatically that is not the will of God and it will become sin to you so Dan's purpose took them far from the plan Dan's pursuit took them far from the purpose of God because they wanted what they wanted and they wanted it their way in Judges 18 and 29 after decimating the city and after making it nothing that nothing more than just a pile of ash with smoke with smoke just in the heap of everything they rebuilt that city and they named it Dan after their father they went out they searched for something that was contrary to the word of god they conquered it they possessed it it became theirs and they put their name on it and they acted like nothing was wrong like nothing was amiss. And they placed the name on that city that should have identified them in the place that God had originally chosen for them. And so isn't that just like human nature? To do something that's contrary to the plan of God and then act like everything is okay. Nothing is missing when you know differently. But what is interesting to note in all of this is how the writer wrote it. He said in Judges 18 and 29, and they called the name of the city Dan after the name of Dan their father who was born into Israel. Howbeit, the name of the city was Laish. Howbeit, nonetheless, nevertheless, they named it, but it'll always be Laish. They named it Dan, but it'll always be Laish. They named it something else, but it'll always be what it started out. You can name it what you want, but Brother Rayleigh already said it. I'm just going to say it again. You can name it what you want, but you're only fooling yourself. You can name it what you want, but you're only going to deceive yourself. 
Dan named the city after their father, but the city was Laish, and that's what it will always be. And so you might be able to deceive yourself into disobedience, that disobedience is really obedience, and you may be able, even able to fool some other people that are around you, but you cannot fool God and you will not change his word Hebrews 4 for the word of God is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and it is a discerner of the heart and the thoughts and the intents of the heart but he goes on to say neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight but all things are naked and opened under the eyes of him whom we have to do. And so so Saul tried it. It didn't work. I performed all the commandments of the Lord. I've done everything you asked me to do, but God responded to him through the prophet Samuel saying, what meaneth then the bleeding of this sheep? And so we can deceive ourselves. We can fool ourselves into thinking everything is all right. I walked in this morning. I got here. I lifted my hands. I felt some goosebumps on my neck. I felt the hair on the arms of my arms raise up, and everything's okay. But you're not fooling God if you walk in here with other things going on in your life that God has not commissioned you to do. You may be able to justify in your own mind what you're doing is right. But whether we're right... Whether we're wrong or whether we're indifferent, that will never change the word of God. And seeking anything other than the perfect will of God will eventually lead to separation. Not maybe, not hope so, not hope it works out okay. I'm telling you emphatically that it will always lead to separation. It may take some time, but it will lead to separation. Disobedience to the word of God will eventually lead you away from the word of God. And hear me now, it will lead you away from the people of God. Dan lost their place among the children of Israel. Dan lost their place among the tribes of Israel. Once Dan found themselves on the fringes of Israel, they fell deeper and descended deeper into full-fledged idolatry. And so we've already established it. But now, now they're standing in a place with a man named Jonathan, the priest of another man, a hired priest, a hired spiritual leader. Dan is now leading himself further and further into worshiping these false gods that were stolen from another man's house. The writer of Judges made it clear he made it emphatically and perfectly clear that even though they were headed in the wrong direction, even though they were standing in a place with a man that had the lineage of Moses in his life, they were still wrong. Every, everything that they were doing was only a replica of the real thing because the writer said the house of God, the genuine house of God, the truth of God, the real thing was in a place called Shiloh. Shiloh was far, far away from Dan's new home. 
now the tribe of Dan was both spiritually and geographically separated from God and his people. And can I tell you that in any era, in any any time, whether it be in the Old Testament, the New Testament, even here today in 2021, that is always a recipe for disaster. Being geographically and spiritually away from God and from the people of God will always lead to spiritual death. Can I tell you this morning, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that you can walk out of this building and never return, but you will not spiritually survive without the Word of God and without the people of God. We need the church more than we ever have needed the church. We've always needed the church, but we need the church more today than we ever have. Hear me now. We need each other more than we ever have. We need to give each other ourselves, and we need to lift each other up and bind together and allow God to do something great in our lives because we cannot survive on our own. When we search out and we look out for things that are not the divine will of God, even what we gain, we will eventually lose. Even what Dan gained in their conquest, they eventually lost. The study throughout Scripture reveals Dan's eventual fall. Sure, they secured the land that they went after. Sure, the Bible even says, they said to themselves, don't be slothful, don't be lazy, Let's go get it. It's, it. We can take it. We got plenty of men. We got plenty of resources. They're just laying there. They don't even know what's coming. They don't even know what's going to hit them. We can take it and we can secure it and it'll be ours. So they weren't lazy. So yes, they secured the land. They, they got a hold of what they thought would make them happy. They got it into their lives and they pulled it down into where they were and it became the fabric of who they were and it made them happy. There was a very lengthy season of seeming peace and prosperity. They dwelled secure, nestled within the safety of the mountain ranges that surrounded them. Through the reign of Solomon, the land was quiet and there were no wars, there was no fighting. 1 Kings 4 and 25 says, And Judah and Israel dwelt safely, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan even to Beersheba all the days of Solomon. From Dan to Beersheba represents the entirety, the entire length and the entire breadth of Israel. And so all of Israel dwelt secure, safe, and sound in what they had gotten. However, all the while, all the serenity and all the peace and the prosperity, Dan is slipping ever farther from God and deeper and deeper into idolatry. Because in time there would be another king by the name of Jeroboam and according to 1 Kings 12, he would cast two golden calves for the people to worship in the place of God. And he placed one of those calves in Dan, obviously because of their openness to such things. And so now, this king, two golden calves, he puts one in Dan, he puts one somewhere else. And the Bible even says that people were going to Dan to worship that calf instead of going to where they were supposed to do and going to where they were supposed to go. And so can I tell you this morning that your decisions will not only affect you, but it will 
will affect others in your life and most most often, most often than not, it will affect those that are around you, your family, your children, the people that live in your close proximity. And so whatever decision that you make today, know that you're not just making the decision for yourself, but you're making the decision for generations to come. And so he placed those two calves, one in Dan, and he even lowered the standards of the office of the priest, expanding it beyond the Levites and allowing what the Bible refers to as of the lowest of the people. Anybody can do this. Just just, uh, get a suit, get you a tie, get you a, a nice leather-bound Bible, and you can, you can do this. No, no, no big deal. You just walk into a church and just, just do it. No. And so things like this, and I'm hurrying, things like this is what would cause prophets like Jeremiah to cry out unto God and to cry out unto the people the judgments of God. Jeremiah became grieved and he prophesied judgment over Dan. He said, Dan, you can't keep going like this. Jeremiah's prophecy became that reality in 721 B.C. when the Assyrian armies invaded the ten northern tribes of Israel, including Dan, and carried them away captivity. And so, yeah, it'll be peaceful for a time, but can I tell you, seasons come and seasons go, and it will eventually lead to your downfall. Interestingly, interestingly, the invasion came from the north allowing Dan to feel the brunt and the and, and the, the, and the, the brunt of the wrath of the invasion well before the rest of Israel did do we have that map they weren't supposed to be on the northern side of Israel they're supposed to be in the middle But yet they chose the fringe. They chose the outside, the outer banks. I don't want to be in the inner circle. I just want to just hang out here on the fringes and I just want to feel something every once in a while. I'll go do what I want to do five days a week or six days a week and then one day I just want to walk in and just feel a little bit and think everything's okay. But can I tell you, you're not supposed to be on the fringes. You're supposed to be in the middle of this. You're supposed to be right in the middle of the will of God, not on the fringes. And so I don't want to just go and do something and expect God to bless it. I want to be what God is blessing. So Dan would experience the same harmful agony that they exacted on the city of Laish. Because Laish dwelt quiet and secure cut off from the known world, disconnected from everything and everyone around them. Dan, too, settled into that same scenario. And can I tell you that rebellion and disconnection will always lead to your eventual downfall. It will always lead to your eventual captivity. You think that you're going out because you want to be free. I don't want to be tied down by all this. I don't want to be in the middle of this. I just want to go on the fringes. I just want to be free. I want to be on the outskirts. But can I tell you this morning that even your freedom can become your prison Not only did they lose their place in history, they seemingly have found themselves lost for eternity. 
exiled on the island of Patmos, John sees visions of what is to come. Revelation 7, 2, And I saw another angel descending from the, from the east heaven the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all, hear me, of all the tribes of the children of Israel, of the tribe of Judah, twelve thousand, of the tribe of Reuben, twelve thousand, of the tribe of Gad, twelve thousand, of Asher, twelve thousand, Nephtali sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed twelve thousand, Simeon, twelve, Levi, twelve, of Issachar, twelve, of Zebulun, twelve, Joseph, 12 but no Dan 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament Dan was in the 12 tribes of Israel the Old Testament the New Testament Dan is not listed there is no explanation and all we are left with was our own opinion as to why but here's my takeaway from it and you can take it or you can leave it but it is reminiscent of what we are shown in the book of Genesis between Jacob and Esau with the birthright you don't want it you want to sell it for a bowl of beans you want to sacrifice your birthright well guess what you can if you want to go off and you want to look for greener pasture somewhere else guess what you can you may not want it but somebody wants it you may not want it but somebody wants this there's a young man there's a young man right now who will give himself to the will of God there is a young lady right now who will give herself to the pursuit of God there's a family that's sitting on their couch right now that God is going to reveal this truth to and he's going to reveal his promises for them and they want it they want it they want it and so if you don't want it they want it if you don't want it, somebody does. Because of the 12 tribes of Israel born to Jacob, counted in this 144,000 in the book of Revelation, Dan is omitted while Manasseh is added. You look at the original 12 tribes. I know they were born to Joseph in the land of Egypt, two half tribes, but the 12 tribes included Dan, not Manasseh and Ephraim. But in here, Revelation, Dan is not there, but Manasseh is. Now, I can't tell you a whole lot about Manasseh. I know that his name means forgetting, and I'm not taking it out of context because Joseph said, he's born to me, and he have, God has made me forget my toil in Egypt. I know that's what it means, but it's interesting that, that Dan is omitted while Manasseh is added, and his name means forgotten because Dan is simply forgotten from the list. I know this is hard, and I know this is heavy, and this is not... I am way outside of my comfort zone here. But if you want to go look for something else, God will let you go look for something else. Perhaps the children of Dan didn't go off with this in their mind that I'm going to go and I'm going to fail God. It's obvious that they didn't understand the overall ramifications of their decision. 
doubtless fail. Fail was not in their intent. But their actions. Their actions should serve to us this morning that what Proverbs 16 and 25 says is true. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so can I tell you this morning that anything that you pursue outside of the plan and the purpose of God is not worth pursuing anything that you pursue outside of the will and the perfect will of God is not worth pursuing anything that I seek to contrary the command of God there may be seasons of success yes there may be an, there may be seasons of, of, of seemingly peace and prosperity in my life but if I seek out anything that is contrary to the plan and the purpose of God it will be a bag with a hole in it and eventually what I put in it will come out and it will be empty And so I'm done if you'll stand this morning. I'm not done, but I'm done. I felt this in prayer this morning. And it's nothing profound. It's simple. But the decisions that we make today will only affect us for a season. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And so we have an expiration date. But there are generations that are coming behind us if the Lord decides to tarry another 50 or 100 or 1,000 years. I want to leave my family a legacy not of boardrooms, not of bank accounts, not of lands, but of the God of heaven and earth. I want to leave them a legacy of the God of uh, of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. And if I can say it one more, I want to leave them with a legacy that they can say that I serve the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Chris Osborne because he is a man who searched after God and pursued after God. And so if you want that this morning, if you want that for yourself and for your children this morning, you ought to lift your hands. You ought to lift your voice. You ought to pray, God, Seal us in our hearts and our minds. Help us, God, not to look out for the things that don't come from you. Help us to discern the spirits around us, oh God. Help us to navigate through all of this. God, to seek out your plan, to seek out your purpose, oh God, to stand for your truth. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on for just another moment. Just another moment. Would you clap your hands? And would you shout unto God ha, ha, with a voice of triumph, hallelujah. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. 
Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.